guys. My name's Leon. And my name's Brad. And we are Jits Bros. And this is A Grappling Conversation. Hey guys, this is Jits Bros. Uh, we're here with Emma today. Hello. Uh, we've got a few questions. We're going to discuss uh, Emma's background regarding jiu-jitsu and her life, a bit of context. And we've got two major questions. Um, what advice would you give? We're looking at female white belts and girls who want to try JITS. And number two is how has it changed your life in ways you wouldn't expect? Um, we've also got Brad here. He is present. Hello. Present. <laughs> I am here. So Emma, why don't you dive in um, and tell us a bit about your context of what got you into jiu-jitsu. Okay. Um, so I go to uni with one of the guys at the gym. Um, we were just out at a uni event one day and he tried to convince me. Uh, to go and I'd done martial arts uh, back home before and got an injury, uh, dodgy shoulder, dodgy ankle and I used to do a lot of um, kickboxing so yeah. you can't, I, I did six months of that with the left side of my body, got pretty bored um, and I was like, I can't, I can't do jiu-jitsu, I can't do, use the right side and it's like, you can do jiu-jitsu with an injury, come try it out. So I did, just to shut him up, um, loved it, signed up there on the day um and been hooked ever since was this was your first gym high jiu-jitsu yeah yeah um, yeah haven't been anywhere else yeah loved it right yeah. okay and how long so you're not from australia no. and how so what's your story on coming here and then how long after you arrived here did you actually start training oh okay so i'm from north wales in mm -hmm. a town called Clandidma. Um, yeah, do you want to try that? <laughs> no, you can say it again. <laughs> um, and then I um, so I moved here to early 2015 um, to do my PhD, and then I started um, with Jiu Jitsu 2000, uh, start of 2017. So I've just been doing here about 18 months almost. Just studying and working and that sort of stuff before you started training? Yeah, so I, yeah, I was doing my PhD full-time, um, so a lot of studying, a lot of research, a bit of teaching mm -hmm. um, at the uni, um, so I'd, I was doing a lot of like going to the gym and things, um, and doing some Latin dancing, yeah. um, I, and I was like, I don't have time to fit jiu-jitsu in, um, but I'll go, I'll try it out, and I was like, I will find two or three days in my week to be able to fit this in, yeah. and somehow I have. So, what, what have you given up though in order to fit it in? Um, I didn't give up anything to begin with. Right. Um, I burnt myself out. <laughs> I was like, I can, I can do it all. Um, and then I gave up my gym membership. Um, but that was mainly because uni just got so full on that I was like, I'm not giving up jits. So mm. bye bye gym. Um, yeah. And that was good because I was going because I felt I had to. Yeah. And I wasn't enjoying it. It was like, well, if I want to eat cake, I've got to go and do this class. Um, whereas jiu-jitsu is so much more fun because you, you work out for two hours and you don't realise and you finish and you're like, oh my god, I am pouring with sweat. Yeah. Um, you don't, you're just having fun so you don't notice that you're exercising. Yeah. So yeah, that's been, that's been much more fun. Yeah, enjoyed that a lot more. So would you say um, fun is one of the things that has kept you coming back to jiu-jitsu? Yes. Yeah, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother coming back. Like some days you're like, I've just been sat on for two hours. <laughs> it's like, where, would I, where else would you go to? And, and you leave with a really, like, you feel really good. And you're like, yes, that was great. Sometimes it's like, what the, what the hell was that? You're just like, just just come and choke me. Just come and get me in a headlock. Like, I've got a massive grill on my face. Like, do it, do it. Um, so, yeah, if it's, it's all about the people 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, if it was, if we didn't have the team that we have, mm. then I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep coming back. It takes me an mm. hour to get to training. So really, Sydney transport. Is that how long it takes you? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I try and do doubles rather than coming in for singles. And yes. Yeah. So um, fundamental and open rank. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then I get my two hours. So I'm spending, I like to spend more time on the map than I'm on the bus. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like I've. So 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 if you do two classes, it's it's two hours there and back, yeah, and two hours on the mat. So that's yeah. a four hour round trip. It's, yeah, it's that's commitment. That's evening. serious. Yeah, that's yeah. commitment. So when, let me ask you this: When you first started jujitsu, what was the the main thing you were looking for? Like, was it the self defense? Was it the fitness? Was it to make friends? Like, what were you looking for initially? And then how, like, as it progressed, you started learning when it came time to, like, quit the gym or give up jiu-jitsu, yeah. what was the thing that made you actually keep the jiu-jitsu? Um, I guess, well, when I started, I didn't intend to start. So mm. I wasn't really looking for anything. Um, but I found a really good team. I found somewhere that was really fun. Um, I I could, I felt part of something. Um and I like I like the format of ours, so I kind of like I when I when I did my undergrad, I would walk past um, people doing jujitsu, and I mm. just see them being like thrown, um, and I hear hear so many people with injuries, and I'm like, that's that's a crazy sport. I don't want to be doing that. I just want to go and kick people and punch people instead of being thrown on the floor. Um, so I really like the format of our classes, where it was. I think that was something that convinced me. Um, when my friend was trying to get me to come to the class originally was the like that movement like yoga type part at the beginning to mm. like ease you into it and really switch off from the day mm. um, and get get into the zone get into the class um, and understand the mechanics of the moves and how my body works um, so I even like doing like forward rolls at the beginning was like oh my god I used to hate gymnastics yeah um, so when when John demonstrated a forward roll, I was like, "This is it. I've got to leave. I can't. I can't do this." And then I did a forward roll, and I was like, "Why did I worry so much as a teenager? This is so easy." So all these things that look so hard, just all the little details that make it so easy, it just hooked me. And I yeah. was like, "I didn't think that I could do that, and I did it." And that feeling was was brilliant. So I think my first class. We um, we did the throw where you where you go into T position and throw motion. Yeah, mm. hip throw. Mm. Um, see, I'm really bad with names. Um, so yeah, we did the hip throw, and I remember looking at the beginning, being like, "Oh my god, like that is never gonna happen." And then I did it, and I was like, "They they allowed they allowed me to get the ability to do these things." Mm. Um, so yeah, that that hooked me, and I. Anything else could go. I wasn't going to give up jits for that. Yeah, it was a, yes, it's, it is. sounds. It sounds like you um, realized pretty quickly that like the mechanics and the leverage and stuff is really what like is really what it is. Those yes. things that you can't actually see but make up what jujitsu is. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't think I could ever do like so, there's so many things that we do that I never thought like I could do physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like throwing Leon, who's like heavier and bigger than you yes like he's nothing yeah so yeah. it's it does make me feel a lot more powerful mm -hmm. um and it's made me realize a lot more of like the potential that my body is capable of yeah um so 
as a and I, and I, I know guys get this but I know a lot of females are very self-conscious um, and I used to go to the gym as a I need to keep slim I need to do this to feel good about my body so I look good in that pair of jeans mm-hmm. but jiu-jitsu has changed the way I feel about my body now because it's like a my body can do these things mm. so I'm not going to deprive it of food I'm not going to make it work extra hard in the gym to lose those calories it's a my body is really powerful and I'm really proud of it and really grateful for it so mm. my my self-esteem and my my confidence in myself um has rocketed and I don't now hide away from the mirror or worry mm. about wearing like that bikini in the summer it's like wow. i am gonna strut down that beach and i do not care that's really so interesting it's made a huge difference that's very interesting yeah you would um so for guys it does happen yeah. but it happens in a different way so guys predominantly um, they go through their whole like lifting lots of weights phase yeah. and then they get really big and they're like i'm big and strong and powerful um, but then they come to jiu-jitsu and all of a sudden they get like a lot smaller and a lot more content with just exactly as their body is. And I think it's kind of what you're coming along the lines of, which which is um, it's kind of like you sink back down into like your true power of just being yourself yeah. and just being content with being you. That's so interesting that you said that. You know, there's a lot of um, younger girls and, and your age and even old people of all ages that would really appreciate hearing um, how it's let go of people's insecurities. Mm. Yeah. Not even just hearing it, but being able to feel that same way. Mm. And that's maybe that's a good uh, good time to start discussing uh, introducing white belts into jiu-jitsu because if you're – obviously girls might have the same – I think most girls probably feel the same way like about wanting to feel comfortable in a bikini or in front of the mirror or whatever it is hiding away like you were discussing. Let me ask you a question. So what what advice would you give? We'll start off with this one. Someone who someone who wants to try jiu-jitsu but never has. So and a female predominantly. Like what what would you say to that person to like get them across the line if they're interested but they're scared, they don't want to try, they haven't how would you get them in the gym? Just go for it. Just get yourself in the gym. Um, even if even if you just even if you just want to watch, first mm. of all, but get get yourself in. Um, try it out. I think a lot of girls are worried because it's a very male dominated sport, um, and that never really bothered me because I was used to it with my previous martial arts. I do Latin dancing, so I'm used to being in close proximity with guys. So Intimacy. that mm. never really that was never a hurdle for me. But I know that that is a big issue for a lot of girls. Um, so. We've got quite a few new females in the women's classes, mm-hmm. and that's really helped break that that um, that's um, like personal space. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have personal space in jiu jitsu, and so it's really helped break down that barrier with another person of the same sex before yeah. they then get introduced. So they're comfortable yes. with that distancing before it's then a guy that's interesting make, uh, breaking that distance. It's funny. I was actually talking to John about this um, on the weekend, and we and I was saying like I've never been physically this close to another male, 
than with the guys that I do jiu-jitsu with and even with females as well. Like uh, other than like previous girlfriends or sexual partners, you're never actually this close to another right. female. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not unless I'm in the gym rolling around <clears throat> with you girls. So like that, it's interesting getting to experience that personal barrier closing in before yeah. you have to roll with guys, like having more girls in the gym. So someone new that comes into the gym, if they go straight into the gym and into a, like, into a role or a position with a guy that might be like uncomfortable, like mount, mm. they might not feel comfortable with a guy like on their mount. Yeah, close guard. Well, yeah, close guard. Exactly. Can... It's weird for everyone. Yes. Everyone knows it, but everyone's like, okay, listen, if I just tap them out quickly, then we'll just we'll start somewhere else. We'll start if from I, standing today. If, if I just go 100% and tap this white, this day one white belt female out, it'll be it'll be over and everyone will be comfortable. <laughs> no. So, um, okay, so just get into the gym. Yeah, is what you think. Don't, don't worry about it. Mm. Um, just give it a go if you're if it's the guy thing that's worrying you then get yourself to a women's class mm-hmm. um, get yourself comfortable in the women's class first and then when you're ready go and train the guys but the guys are so respectful mm-hmm. um, I haven't had an issue with like any of the guys and no one in our gym I don't think has ever had any and you're all you're all aware of it anyway mm. so you're all I don't think and when you put that gi on it doesn't you're not really a gender anymore you're mm. a jiu-jitsu mm. person so I I never when I've got my gi on I don't tend to think of myself as a girl anymore mm. because I'm just I'm just someone doing jiu-jitsu I like it um, so. when I I can say from experience when I've got Emma climbing on my back trying to find the choke <laughs> I'm not thinking about she's a female or a, no. or a male I'm just trying to survive yeah <laughs> Uh, it's also so good from a self-defense perspective Um, so just being able to walk down the street and feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. and not feel that you have to rely on someone else to protect you Mm -hmm. and so I I quite often I I walk everywhere um, so I'm very often in a dark street on my own and mm. I don't want to be crossing a road because there's a guy coming down mm. the street. Um, so in a way, it teaches you to avoid certain situations, but it also teaches you how to carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not walking along on your phone. You're aware of what's going on around mm. you, and that protects you from so much just that awareness. Mm. And I never had to use um, self-defense, and I've been doing like martial arts since I was 15, so like 12 years. So... And I never had to use it, thankfully, but I think a lot of that is because it's made me more aware of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're more tuned into what's happening. Yes, so I'm more I'm able to avoid situations. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a bio from 15 with martial arts, what you've done, what you've gotten into, and, and what got you into maybe in the first place, just to give a bit of background. Okay. Um, so, I, so as I said, I started when I was 15. I was a really shy child, very timid. Um... And then, and I, I thought about trying different things. Um, and then I started kickboxing um, at a an academy that also did karate. So mm. it was very structured. Mm. Um, so it was a lot of the karate things. We did a lot of self defense with it, which is again, that's what kept me there because we did a lot of self defense, but it was very different because it was a very it was standing self defense. So 
Um, so it was pretty much karate without the katas, so like mm. the routines. Um, and the, that was very fitness based. So we did a lot of cardio and things mm. in it. So that was my that was my gym. That was my self defense. That was my I got to meet other people. Um, and we have to um, key eyes. So we had to shout on every move. Yeah. So from a quiet teenager who would like was just audible to having to shout mm. on every so and that was really weird to begin with and then I got louder and more confident so I don't think I could do my job as an optometrist mm. had I not done kickboxing yeah. because it made me much more comfortable with people yeah. it made me more confident in myself and um, so I always thank my parents for sending me along to that and so I they used to take me half an hour there they would sit in there we used to be in a church hall to begin with and it was freezing and my mum would sit with this massive coat on um for like an hour and a half whilst we trained and then we'd drive back so they were very grateful when I got my license um (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah it was they they sat through so many hours of me like just a room full of shouting people punching each other um so I was really grateful for that um yeah so I did that until I Probably just before I moved here, and that's what I injured my shoulder, and I still I trained for six months injured, and I shouldn't have, but I wanted to get my to the next level before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was good. It was definitely worth it. So I missed doing a martial art, but I didn't mm-hmm. think that physically I was able to do another martial mm-hmm. art yet. So jujitsu, you could use my body differently. Yeah. Okay. So. Let, let me ask you from a physical perspective. Yeah. So you've done. Um, Kickboxing, karate, and now jiu-jitsu. <clears throat> from a like a from a physical perspective, mm-hmm. do you feel that there's the same athleticism required to be good at jiu-jitsu as there is to be good at say kickboxing? So from a female perspective, maybe you're not as like athletic as a male or as flexible, maybe you are, maybe you're not, but what do you think's easier to sort of start off with and do, having done both? Um, I remember being exhausted more with kickboxing because Mm. you're stood up all the time, Mm. but I think my fitness level has improved anyway over the last, I hate to say the word decade, but over the last (laughs) decade, when you get to the age where you're able to put things in life as decades, it's ugh. Uh, But yeah, so (laughs) I feel my fitness level has improved anyway, so that might be why I'm not so... I don't get tired out so much, but also when you're when you're doing jujitsu and you're on your you're lying down for a lot of it. So mm-hmm. even though you're still moving, the blood pressure is flowing differently. I feel because you're not wow. your head isn't up there; it's on the ground, and you're just resting. So there's more of you. I feel, I just I don't get tired. So maybe maybe not... maybe you're not resting as much as you think. <laughs> Maybe instead you're using your bones. Yes. So, so you're not you're not, not wearing out your muscles strain. and getting tired. You're yes. using leverage and mechanics, yes. and that's why it works. Yeah. And that's why you. I you're think that's, on... that's really right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Leon? I think you raised a really interesting point around like circulation. I've never considered that ever, um, and it's my job to consider stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> so I'll be looking into I'll that leave for you sure. With that one, all yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, all right. So just moving on to, on the same, on the same line, do you have any advice for a, uh, a female white belt who has been training? So you're, <clears throat> so to put it into context, you've got three stripes on your white belt, 
you're not all that far away from getting your blue. So having a little bit of hindsight now that you've, you know, gone from no stripes to one and through to where you are now, do you have any advice to someone who's been doing it for maybe two or three months that sort of got maybe one stripe or none at all? What would you say to someone in that position? Um, Be heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, I really struggled with using my weight. Um, And again, that might be a female thing of you have to you have to be light it's sort of like all oh, you count the kilos mm. um and i've never really been conscious of like what i actually weigh but i wanted to use all that weight and use that pressure mm-hmm. um, and that made a big difference to mm. my technique and to actually being able to finish techniques or get further through the technique um was just using that my body weight and pinning mm. someone to the ground mm. um because I'm, I can't. I haven't got strength in my arms. There's mm. there's not much bicep there. Mm. So if I use my whole body instead, that mm. that would make a big difference. So yeah. So be heavy, pressure, um, keep at it. Um, I I hit a block. I guess about six months in, um, because there were a lot of guys that started around the same time as me or just after me. And they were flying and Mm. they were progressing so much quicker than I was. And part of that had to do with I couldn't train as much because work got really busy and my research got really busy. But I remember having lunch with um, a female blue belt and I was like, I'm really struggling because they've all taken over and they're zooming ahead of me and I just can't keep up. And she said, you don't have to. And that really helped because... I realized it wasn't a competition and there are things that you guys can do that I am never going to be able to do. Mm, but and vice versa as well. Yeah. Vice versa. And I think also it's really important to realize like your game, you know, Emma's jujitsu, it's not comparable to Brad's or Leon's. Yeah. It's all just beautiful jujitsu. It's art. Yeah. Who can say what painting is better than another? So and I think that is what really helped when I realised that everybody's journey is different. Um, and I don't have to compare myself to the other people in the gym. Um, regardless of whether they're male or female, it's I'm going down my journey and no one else was actually putting pressure on me, but it was me putting pressure on me to mm. be equal to them. And as soon as I took that off, I, went, I walked into class and enjoyed it again. Mm. Um, I wasn't stressed about it. Um, so, yeah, so don't don't put pressure on yourself. Just go with it. Some things will take you more time. Uh, this is, That doesn't necessarily apply to just females. Um, and some things will take more time to get. And you'll and then somebody will say something to you and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's why I haven't been able to, like, do that move. That was that detail that was stopping me from getting it. Um, so, yeah, don't be, don't be hard on yourself. Just show up just keep going um and things will click into place um if you can get more classes in so i struggled with at one point i could only come one day a week Mm -hmm. um, because things got really busy and just trying to remember what what i trying to retain information was Mm -hmm. so hard Mm -hmm. um but now 
that I can come three or four times a week. I've seen, like, even only in the last two weeks, like, I've seen a big difference because I can remember stuff. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember all this cool move that we did last week. (laughs) I can actually remember things. So, yeah, turning up and getting the hours in and enjoying it. So how many many days a week do you think is a good number for someone just starting out? Um... A good start. I reckon point. I reckon like three three a week. Um I'm trying to do four days a week and doing two classes on each of those days. Yeah. I try to aim for the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but but I so I have a precursor. So four and do two classes, like same as you, but yeah. if I get three classes in because of a busy work week, I'm okay with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I get three. Yeah. Any any less than three, if I only get two, then I make sure the next week I get three. Yeah, extra. It's my it's my little rule. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of counting calories, we count classes. Yeah. Well, because you can you can you can easily get carried away with your job and being busy and and just not getting to training. You can easily do that. But if it's something that you want to do and you want to do it long term, some you just need to make the time to make it a priority. Yeah. That's really what it is. Uh, no, sorry, I, I'm going to jiu-jitsu. And your mate's like, what? But like, no, sorry, it's, it's, I'm going to go. Yeah. So. Do you mind if I ask one question? Yeah. In your opinion, what is jiu-jitsu? Oh. Wow, that's not an easy one. Um, <sighs> jiu-jitsu is, for me, jiu-jitsu is the team. Mm. It's the support and the, yeah, it's the teamwork that, that, oh, just that, that support and that, oh, why do I keep going back to the same words? But that, that Camaraderie. Yes. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, we're just learning together. We're all adults and we're just learning these new skills and we're just moving Mm. and, yeah, just God. Didn't give me any prep for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's inter- it's in- it's interesting That's how it's interesting how um you said um we're just people. Yeah, where yeah, I like think and the, the interesting thing there is that there's people as young as what fifteen or sixteen all the way up to like mid fifties in our gym. Yeah. Different races. There's males, females, different races, different yeah. sexualities. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is in a room and we're all doing the same thing and it's just like it doesn't matter none, yeah. none of that stuff matters no like it, it really so doesn't like matter. you said you don't see yourself as a female when you throw your gi yeah. on when you're like chasing after someone's neck it doesn't matter what color <laughs> no. your skin is at all it just it's just the jiu-jitsu yeah so we're gonna move on and the question is how has how has jiu-jitsu changed your life in ways you wouldn't have expected? Um, it's actually helped me decide what I want to do in my career. Cool. Yeah, I didn't realise that. I didn't expect that. Um, so I've just finished my PhD, as you know, um, in... So in optometry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I was fortunate enough to do some teaching when John was away with the guys, so I did a bit of teaching with the women's classes. Um, Tell us a bit about that. Tell us about your perspective from the, the teacher's point the of view. Yeah, side. and then we'll, we'll come back okay. to carrying on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I had great teamwork with AJ mm -hmm. um, on Saturday morning women's classes and it really made me think about what I was doing differently. Um, and I think you mentioned this in episode one when you were talking about your teaching grad that you, I realized things that I was just doing automatically and I'm like, and people go like, oh God, like, I, why do we do that? Okay, so we do it because, so now I actually am more aware of when I'm doing these things and we really have to break things down. Mm. Um, so I really, and I used, I do, I like when we train together in class and I'm, I really like the one-on-one. -on -one. So like even when you're when you're training, you part you pair off and you go work a technique mm -hmm. that you when you work with each other and you you're like oh I try this that'll make it a bit more effective. So I've done a lot of one-on-one -on -one, um, and had people say oh you're a really good teacher. Do you, are you a teacher in your like in your job? And I was like no I'm a I don't do that. So seeing that I have those skills has made me want to focus my career into lecturing and teaching which mm. I enjoyed but it was like a part-time thing and I was like actually I want that to be my focus rather than research because I realized how much I enjoyed it and how much I got out of it mm. um, and that I was effective at it so yeah that made a, a big difference and um, so that and I think that's helped my technique as well because yeah. it really makes me think about what I'm doing I mean do, did you find that as well with the, when you were teaching yeah so I like you said you're just doing things automatically with muscle memory and you don't think about it when you're just rolling yeah but when you actually need to instruct people it makes you question whether you actually know any moves at all <laughs> because then you're like going to sit there and go over an armbar and then you like you need to hit every detail because yeah. you want to you know convey everything yeah. So it made me sort of reconsider what I already know that I do know and look at it and actually start like ticking the boxes on the, on the little yeah. details. And while we were actually teaching, because I was focusing on the details in that kind of a way, I would then go into the roles and sort of, you know, I can't teach you how to do an armbar and then armbar you with trash, like <laughs> with trash um, technique. So I need to make sure when I when I do get an armbar on you, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so I like trying to make sure that I'm actually being technical in the same classes as well. So it kind of shifted my focus a little bit down that sort of technical path as opposed to just automatically going through things as much. Yeah. So that's what I got out of it. There's a famous quote. Um, when one teach, two learn. Mm. I think you guys yeah. just talked a lot about that. Tell us about how jiu-jitsu has impacted your relationships, and that can be with men, with women, um, social settings, um, intimate settings, all those, all those things. Um, so I'm now aware that I have less personal space and tend to encroach on other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, as an optometrist, I was pretty bad with anyway because I'm up in people's faces for a living. In their eyeballs. And then now I, so, but I used to just be like, so now I'm like physically like I sit too close to people. I'm mm. very aware of that now. Mm. I go in for a hug when maybe a handshake would just be acceptable. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm just more comfortable with people I'm mm. all I'm used to like you have a stranger come in the gym you introduce them and then you're rolling 
So I'm more comfortable with strangers, um, like in a like you talk talk to people or, um, so yeah, just I guess I'm more just more relaxed with people. Um, it's I feel I've always been um, I guess more comfortable with guys than females. I make friends pretty easy with guys, which my mum would have been shocked about when I was a. A little girl because boys were big and scary and noisy and rough um, and I didn't like boys when I was little and um, I was a very pink little girl and um, I didn't and so I never used to play fight. Was, so, was the pink little girl by choice or was that imposed on you? No that was choice. Wow. Yeah I, I'm an only child. Unicorns I, by choice. Yeah. yeah. Unicorns and Barbie dolls. Yeah. <laughs> you would not have recognised me. And here you are yeah. choking up. No. Adult men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while, while, they, while they can't do a thing about it. <laughs> I like it. Very nice transition Emma. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds to me like you've got um, like a lot of confidence and self-esteem and things yes. like that from jiu-jitsu yeah definitely um and i guess the kickboxing started that but i think i reached a plateau when i was about my early my early 20s and um, so coming to australia was pushing me out of my comfort zone mm. i got comfortable and i really enjoyed my job but i wanted a new challenge so australia was that but then the jiu-jitsu has um, helped me with my peers. Mm. Um, so with work, I was I work with a lot of adults and I grew up in a hotel, so I was used to older people, but I was still very nervous around people my own generation. Um, so, I mean, a lot of us are in our 20s, early 30s, and that was the... And I don't know whether that was because of, like, go, like that's a... Ooh, he's he's a guy and he's my age and uh, oh this is and now it's just like what hell of it let's just yeah. so I'm much more comfortable with people my own age now mm. um, so yeah you're you're not as intimidating as I first thought you were <laughs> good to know it's those charming looks Leon oh. you, even, you even intimidate me my friend mate I've gone through a couple of lawnmowers <laughs> okay um, I want to touch on just a fun story with you. So I would like you to describe your funniest story in jiu-jitsu so far. Oh. And it can be, it could be like a, something only girls would really relate to. It could be could, whatever you want. Feel free to throw someone from the gym under the bus if you like. That's also okay. You know, like and we're, encouraged. We've all, <laughs> we've all come out of a role with someone's hair from some body part in our mouth. <laughs> At some stage, we've all been sat on uh, or farted on. <laughs> uh, Speak for yourself. Yeah, I think I've avoided that so far. Um, I've had some shockers. I don't know. Um, I tend to laugh a lot in a roll anyway. I'm quite. Like when we have to do the like the flow rolling with water in our mouths, I just I laugh and I like to talk through a through a <laughs> roll anyway. So I find I tend to find that and I like smiling I'm always really happy through a roll so it's really hard to keep water in your mouth when you're smiling so I don't know I'm just, I guess I'm used to laughing a lot anyway as I roll um, it is strange when you're when you're rolling and you're like okay the, the, he is actually just sat on my head right now okay. <laughs> I, am just, I am just have sat on alright okay great um, but that's just normal 
It's what we do. Yeah, yeah. It is what we do. Okay. We are done with um, the questions here for Emma. But I'm going to ask Brad and Emma. I'm going to ask yeah. Brad first. You just speak freely. Just ask yeah. questions yourself if you want. Yeah. I'm going to ask Brad. Um, this is more directed at Emma, but I I want your, I want all of our opinions. Um, so one of the things that I recall when I was a white belt is there's a point between white belt and kind of continuing on to further belts where you stop being so considerate about the other person in terms of doing the technique. So what I'm trying to say is if you need to do the choke, you do the choke and you don't really consider so much about how that person feels. Mm -hmm. And you, there comes a point when you have to let go of that considerate part niceness of ourselves. Tell me a bit about that from where you are now. That's interesting. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I found, I, I get what you're saying. I completely understand what you're saying because when you first start jiu-jitsu, it's, you'll choke someone and almost like automatically apologize for it afterwards. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. And you're real, and you're real gentle on arm bars and everything you do. Like, for example, you were mentioning um, one of your tips to a female white belt is to just be heavy. Yeah. Early on, you avoid doing those things. Yeah. But then eventually over time, I think you get a feel for what works and you, f you understand that you need to be heavy. So you start applying those things. And with the chokes and, and like an armbar, for example, once you've felt it on you a few times, because you're not going to be armbarring anyone until you've been armbarred like a bunch of times. So you'll get a feel for what sort of pressure and what sort of squeeze on a choke or what sort of pull on an arm is like it's you're considerate to them so that you're not going to injure them. But at the same time, you're using effective jujitsu. And I feel like that's just something you kind of almost get a feel for or discover over time. Yeah. And once you have that feel and you, you know what that like pressure and choke squeeze feels like, then you basically roll with people. And whilst you're very considerate of them at all times, you're actually not really being considerate at all. You just kind of both know and you both roll and it flows because you do it with someone who also understands. Although com complete flip side to that, if you're if I roll with someone who's really new, obviously then I need to completely adjust and, and not be like that at all. I need to actually be considerate of them because they don't understand. Yeah, it's a lot of playing with so like, who you're who you're with. Yeah. So tapering yourself to where that person's at yeah. and, and, and playing in that sort of realm, yeah. especially if they're a lower level to you. Yeah. Dan, this, this came up quite a lot in the, in the new women's classes that we've been doing is, and I think, I guess I'm still getting over that. Um, I never used to play fight with people when I was younger. So that whole fear of hurting someone is still there. Um, and I'm, it, I'm still trying to get through it. And that's, that's what a lot of the, the girls were saying in the, in the women's classes is we were doing like choke defenses and that, but I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you. And I'm like, you're not going to hurt me, but you need to be able, you have to put some pressure on for me to know that their technique works. Mm. So, um, and you, we've got that safety of as long as you do it step by step and you're, you do it controlled, you're not going to hurt someone because they trust you because you're in control of your movements. 
and they know that if you're doing it controlled and you're thinking about what you're doing that they can tap and you will stop instantly whereas if you're just flailing around and you're using strength and speed and trying to and skipping through things then yeah then you can hurt someone but mm. if you use control and you do the go through step by step and you've got that trust with the other person then you won't get injured and i don't think i've really like apart from sometimes you wake up and you're like oh i've got a little bit of a crick in my neck but i could get that sleeping with the window open or mm. like picking my bag up funny so i've actually injured myself more picking my bag up wrong than i have <laughs> in jiu-jitsu in the last 12 months classic phd so. professor <laughs> so you're you're touching on a similar thing with um the understanding of the pressure yes yeah so just knowing just knowing what's needed and yeah you 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 adjust as you go through it mm. um, and with time you're completely right with you you learn what what's needed and okay I can apply more pressure here and it's not going to hurt them and okay well I need to give them pressure here for them to be able to respond correctly mm. and do their move yeah. Yeah. How about you, Leon? What, how have you found it? Um, yeah, there's certainly a balance between learning a technique correctly and not hurting someone, but then also applying enough pressure to know that, for instance, in a street situation or a street or like a fight or even a competition that the technique will work. The, the slogan I came up with is kind, but firm. Yeah. Um, Whenever I'm like one on one with someone, I always just say, basically, do it. <laughs> um, and I think that's a really beautiful thing in Jiu Jitsu is with, you know, people that have been doing this for longer, they're usually more inclined to say, put it on. Because we know that at the end of the day, the only thing you need to do is tap. Yeah. Mm. And that's, yeah, I think that's one of the, the great things about this. Um, yeah. That's my perspective. So we all echo a similar train of thought then. Yeah. Having done it for a while. It'd be yeah. interesting to hear. It'd be interesting to ask that question to someone who's been training for like a week. But but get them to answer it before we do. Or getting, yes, someone like that. Because they're really cautious at that time still. And then perhaps get the same response from like a 40 plus ex years of experience black belt or whatever and yeah. see what the difference between answers is um i think communication is really important as well yeah. nailed so, it i think uh like we in our gym we do talk a lot when we're going through our techniques and we do help each other in our pairs um and each each class i'll pick up and you'll pick up thing different things from different people mm. i'll be like okay well if you, if you put more pressure here that's more effective and i'll be like well is this working if i did this with a guy on the street would this would this work um so yeah talking it through with your partner and just tweaking the moves makes yeah. a big difference so okay on, on that sort of um topic what would what is it that's the like as a girl what's the best thing you could get from a guy that's rolling with you like demonstrating a technique where you're working together what sort of input do you want from them or even any training partner guy or girl um so i like it when people um give me feedback um say okay yeah this is really working or or okay if you do this it will make it easier or it'll make it more effective or it'll make it stronger mm -hmm. um so i really like people saying okay can you can you just try try this or just just move your foot here a little bit mm -hmm. or 
um, just to keep this posture here. Um, and that really helps. That's I've learned a lot through training with my partners. Um, so yeah, regardless of male or female, I, I want some response. To, I want to know whether it's working or not. Mm. So like that tap tends to say, okay, yeah, you've got me, but was it, was it good? Was were you tapping for the right reason? Um, or did I just like a lot of the times it's like, well, like I'll tap, I'll tap out and I'll be like, well, I'm tapping because you pin my hair. So let, let me shift my hair out from underneath your knee and then let's go back into that position and do it again. Um, Tapping for the right reason yeah, is a great topic. Knowing that you actually did the move you were meant to be doing. Yeah. yeah. So I think with that, especially if you're, so not even rolling, but in our pairs, do it, demonstrating the move that we've been shown and we practice it. Yeah. And it's kind of usually like you'll go, you'll do it twice, then I'll do it twice, then you'll do it twice, then I'll do it yeah. twice. But it's, when it's my turn to do it, I need your help in the sense that I need to be able to f- you to respond and tell me whether it's working. It's not a, it's not an opportunity for you to just lay there, mm-hmm. and do you know what I mean? We're both we're both invested in each other, yeah. And that's what you want from someone that you're gonna pair with, yeah. As opposed to someone who just switches off, because that's not helping anyone. No. And then as you as you know the technique and you get through it, then you get some resistance mm. from your partner. And that helps you go more into what it would be like to roll. Mm. Because then they're they're not you're not just doing going through the motions of that technique, you're then putting it into more like yes. the real situations. What you've said there, um, Leon and I have touched on, I think, in the first episode. You said you're not going through the motions. And we were talking about all you need to do in to get good at jujitsu is to show up. Yeah. But there's a fundamental difference between just showing up, like walking through the door and actually showing up with the right intent. Yeah. That's that difference there. You're you're actually coming in switched on. Yeah. That's what that is. So can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, go, go for it. it. So what do you do differently when you train with a girl rather than a guy? Do you do anything differently? Do you? It's becoming less and less different, to be honest. Um, the first thing I usually say is um, don't be afraid to be heavy or don't be afraid to use effort or power or strength. Um, don't be afraid to be strong. Um, I think there's this strange societal pressure that women are weak and they're not. <laughs> um, and so I think, first of all, make sure that they are using enough pressure and that they're comfortable with using that pressure on you. Um, and secondly, just have fun. Um, usually if you can even take a two seconds to say like, what's your name or, um, you know, how's your day been or something, keep it light because if you just go straight into the technique and they don't know you, it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, uh, it's beautiful though when they start to realize that trust as you both said, mm. and they start to trust you more and more. And all of a sudden that person starts coming back wanting to train with you more and wanting to be your partner. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I'd say um, like pressure, take the time to get to know your partner is important. They're not just jujitsu people, but they actually have a life outside of there as well. Yeah. Um, and you're not there for you. 
And the more I find that I'm not there for me, the more I get back naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess a lot of what you said was transferable to male and female. And I think a lot of the, I said when I hit my, my block about six months in was that I, one of my worries was there's a lot of great guys in our gym. Why should they, why should I take up their rolling time when they could be rolling with a strong guy? Mm. Um, and again, the, the blue belt female says, well, you, you, you can teach them a lot. They will, they'll go flat out with one of the guys, but they can't use their strength on you because, well, they can, uh, but what are you, do you feel victorious when you use all your strength on me and you get an arm bar mm. or they, you have to, if I, if I, so now when I roll with guys, I tend to like, I'm like, you don't use your strength. I haven't got strength. So, and match my strength, Smart. which limits you down to technique. strength and you have, they have mm. to focus on technique. Like so once I knew that I was like, okay, well I'm not, I, part of me felt like I was wasting their time. <clears throat> um, but actually now I think of it as a, okay, I'm making you train differently. Mm. And I'm making you hone in on your technique rather than relying on your strength. And um, that, that helps a lot with me to now like stay behind and roll. And I'll do that a lot more because I don't feel like I'm wasting anybody's time anymore. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, <clears throat> I understand where you're coming from, but I do think that maybe, at least from my perspective, maybe not every guy's the same, but I feel like maybe you've slightly you're slightly overthinking how yeah. much of an inconvenience it is for us because yeah. I actually don't have an issue rolling with you or showing you or any other girl at all. I'm happy to do it. Or anyone. Yeah, or any, yeah. yeah, exactly. With anyone, I'm happy. It doesn't. You don't have to be a blue belt for me to want to roll with you. I'm happy to help. Yeah. So, And I think most people in the gym are like that, at least in our gym anyway. So maybe slightly overthinking there. That's that's what that's what females but, do. But that's, that's, well, that's what we're known for. But see, that's that's why we wanted to do this with you yeah. because you're sitting there thinking one thing but not verbalizing it, and we're in the now we're in front of each other, and I'm telling you, no, it's actually not like that at all. Yeah, like, we're happy that, to do it. That's why I wanted to ask that question to be like, well, <clears throat> is it, am I? Mm. Did, are those worries real or are yeah. they completely like something that and I've created? <laughs> you are too, so it's, it's good to 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 touch on what you were saying, <laughs> Leon, about. Um, you know, like building rapport before you start, like basically build some rapport before you go in for the kill. That is kind of what you're saying. But I feel like, like that's good. And I, and I agree. And my, my sentiments are the, are the same. A hundred percent. You said it very well. Um, but I feel like if they're like established in our gym, like Emma, like we know Emma very well. Oh, we yeah. just go in and like basically oh, like, let's just roll. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> different when they're new. Yeah. It's more for new people. I think, um, you know, we all, we're all obviously quite passionate about this and we want more people to do it. Mm. Um, and if someone has walked through the door, I find you touched on like camaraderie and community yeah. before, you know, there's studies on community, um, helping depression, like helping addiction. And when someone walks in and like they leave and two or three people know their name and they've had a great session, it makes all the difference of them wanting to come back. You know, because for instance, how many, how many workouts have you been to and left and not known anyone? 
god, yeah. Every yeah. time I went to the gym, yeah. I was like, yeah, I yeah. know all these faces, but I yeah. don't know anything about these people, and they know nothing about me. That's right. And they don't care. No. Everyone's there for themselves. But in jiu-jitsu, when you're there for someone else, it builds this beautiful community. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what our gym has excelled at. Yeah. It really has. That environment, yeah. Like, it really it really is a community. And because at the end of the day, you no one can get a, a, a blue belt. You can't get a blue belt in jiu-jitsu if you don't have training partners. Yeah. So you can be there for yourself as much as you want. But at the end of the day, if you don't have training partners who are willing to to trade moves and positions and techniques with you, you're not going anywhere mm. at any true. level. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely need the right people. That you, and you want to have the right people in the room as well. Yeah, I think we've got such a good team. Mm. And, yeah, the people there make make all the difference. Mm. Yeah. What do you reckon? Have, we got, have you got anything else you want to say? Because I think we've, we've just about covered off the formal aspects. Yeah. I don't know if you have any, any other questions you want to throw down at us. No. No. I'm good. Do you have anything else to add, Leon? Funniest thing that's happened to you in jiu-jitsu. The funniest thing is it's happened to me. Jeez. I feel like Leon's got it. Yeah, well, I should just... got a real good story. I'm going to throw these at it. Um, I don't know. I, okay, I got one. I got one story here. Um, I wouldn't say it's funny, but it's an example of when I didn't really know jujitsu at all. And I remember, and I'll throw Brendan up under the bus here because we were rolling together, and we've probably been training for like three months, and he like dived dived on an armbar like the wrong way around. Like he wasn't back to the ground, but we were, I think we were transitioning maybe and we were like flailing around like three months in, didn't really know what we were doing. We were just like kind of, you know, wrestling really like like boys do, just kind of doing that. And he like dove on this belly down arm bar and like my arm was like popped. Like it, it like strained ligaments in my arm and I was it was sore for weeks. But I guess the... um. The takeaway there, because that's funny, we laugh about it now because we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and it was, it happened so quick that I didn't even have a chance to tap. Yeah. And it was, I guess, the in hindsight, and it ties back in with some of the other stuff we've discussed, it's just like slow down. It's not always a fight. Yeah. Just like learn the techniques, focus on those, get good at them, get, get effective at them. And then you sort of understand where that pressure, that point is where you don't need to keep going through the move. You can just let it go even if they don't tap. Yeah. Because you know where it is. Yeah. But you know the tap's there if they go past it. Like, what are you going to do? Snap their arm off because they didn't tap? No, you're just going to let go. Yep. Um, And I draw on that example not to, like, take the piss out of Brandon, Brandon saying that he just went all the way and didn't let go. Like, he didn't understand just as much as I didn't. So that's an example of maybe as a white belt, you've got to ease into the roles, <laughs> be looked after by people that know what they're doing. And knowing like where your partner's other arms are, like the amount of times where you can't tap out because you've got one arm stuck here and they're arm barring you and you can't use your other arm and they're sitting on your face and you just laugh, I, I can't shout, I can't <laughs> just <laughs> don't know. What about you, Leon? Have you got any funny stories? Nothing too crazy. I think the common one that has occurred quite a few times. I do have one. I've got a good one. All right, shoot. 
You got. You can tell yours first. Uh, I'll probably think of something better whilst you're telling yours, but there's been a few roles where it's been pretty intense and, you know, we're going at it and neither of us want to give an inch kind of thing and we'll stand up and it's at that moment that I've realised my pants aren't done up. <laughs> so I've stood up without pants, just undies on, to fight this person. And I think that's the only time I've ever seriously got up off the floor without pants willing to fight someone. <laughs> A little bit more. Jesus. You come to the gym long enough, you'll see everything, hey? Yep. <laughs> One of the funny ones I've got... We, we just finished maybe a fundamentals or an open rank class on like a weeknight, I think. And um, John was in a role with someone and he's, his toe got caught somewhere in the mat and he dis- John, John Smolios dislocated his little toe. Yeah. And then he like stopped the role and he was sitting there like looking at it and like shortly after he fainted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He fainted because, I don't know, because it was broken. I don't know. Wow. And then it was you who, like, you ran, yeah, it was you who, like, lifted his legs up, get the blood to the head, right? And then he went to, like, emergency and, like... Were you there, Emma? No. Oh. It, it was funny. It. And for some context on this, because I remember thinking, Jesus, fuck, he's soft. <laughs> I remember thinking that. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> because before I'd, um, I, like, playing cricket a few years ago, I had one of my little, my little toe broken from, like got hit on the toe by a Yorker and it broke my little toe. And then the next weekend I went out and played like in a grand final and made 40 runs. <clears throat> and I, but I'd gone to the doctors previous uh, after the injury and I was like, Oh, am I okay to play? <clears throat> and he was just like, it's a little toe. You need a few weeks. You probably shouldn't play, but you can walk. We can't do much with it cause it's tiny. Like if it breaks, all you can do is kind of straighten it up and then carry on with your life. Yeah. Let it heal. <clears throat> so when John fainted, I found it funny, but then he went to the surgery and stuff as well. And I was like, you're going to get there and they're going to tell you there's nothing we can do. And fast forward like a few months, we had the Dave Camarillo seminar coming up. And in the warm up, there's like, it was packed. There would have been 40 people in the room, people from other gyms. And I was sitting down on the ground, like warming up. And I got my, you know, the little corner, the back left corner of the room where there's a little hole in that and it's taped up. Yeah, I got my toe caught in that and I dislocated my little toe. (laughs) And I I dislocated it just like John did. And I was like, oh, Jesus, this is embarrassing. Hope I don't faint. But, But I ended up, I grabbed it, cracked it back into place and then just did the seminar. Oh, my God. That was before the seminar. Three hour seminar. And I did it. And then at the end of the seminar, the first thing I did was go over to John and tell him. <laughs> like, trying to weigh up, you know. In John's defense. Fainted, went to emergency, <laughs> cracked it back in, carried on. <laughs> in his defense, this is my view of the situation that unfolded. So they were warming up, and I was. Late as usual. (laughs) And the first thing that happens as I step on the mats is I go over to John and he's not feeling too well. This is like in split seconds. I go, hey, John, how you doing? He doesn't even respond and his eyes just roll back and he just faints in my arms. I thought the guy died. (laughs) So so I didn't know any context. Was it before the class? Yeah, uh, no, it was the, the warm-up. Yeah, okay. But okay. I just walked in. 
you know, health is my background. I was about to give CPR to this guy. Like literally, I thought he'd had a heart attack or something. I was like, I'm real willing to do this now. And then someone said, yeah, he's like, oh no, we didn't even know. But someone looked at his foot and his toe was just <laughs> fucked up. And so I realized it was his toe. But the fact that John has just given a shit about us for three years, I was just like, no, John must live on and just kind of like took him to the hospital, not thinking about how minor the injury is, but was just more in shock that the fact that the guy passed out. But yes, hilarious, hilarious. So did he put it back in place before he left the gym or did they do it at ER? I can't even remember. I was so tired. It was like nine o'clock at the hospital. Um, I don't think they really, I think they like snapped it in and that was it. But, uh, I just remember he posted like on social media about what happened and so many of the comments were just like, you survived, I can't believe it. (laughs) So I think he's copped enough for that. Well, we'll release this, you can cop it one more time and then we'll let it go. (laughs) He'll survive. I'd be so grateful. 100%. We'll wrap it up, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, Emma, thank you very much for coming in and doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully everyone likes it and gets a little bit of perspective, maybe mm. coming from you know a female. Um, and then yeah, have we got any plans? Who's next? Have we booked anyone else in? I think we'd like to get Andrew if we can. Yeah. Um, he's a black belt with how many years experience? You reckon? Uh, Andrew Nellich. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. He's been doing black jujitsu for like I couldn't even say. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's really good though. Um, yeah, I'd just like to express our appreciation for you, Emma. Um, your perspective is priceless. Um, and if we can get more women doing this sport and bridging the boundaries in um, sex and gender, yeah. I think that's really good. So I just want to say a personal thank you. And I've got a few um, friends um, who are also female who are considering, and they're going to really appreciate your perspective on this. So, yeah, thank you. And let's give let's give a little shout out here before we go. Um, what was that podcast? You tell us a little bit about this. Um, so I've been listening to um, Aussie Grappling Girls podcast. Um, it's done by two um, blue belt females um, in oh. Western Australia. Chits girls. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the what's the opposite of bros for women? Chickas. Jits gals. Jits gals. Jits chickas. All right, come on. Let, let, it, let, it, let, it, let her plug another podcast. Shut up, Brad. Let it hog in the mic. Let there. the woman plug another podcast on our podcast. All right, tell us about your flexibility, Emma. Uh, so, yeah, we listened to the, to the girls talk and they've, um, it's been really good having their, um, their perspective on it. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out from a uh, female. Check it out. Guys, it will give you a good... Um, perspective as well and it's yeah it's, it's a lot of what they say is applicable um, to everybody as well just a another love of jiu-jitsu where do they train out of do you know what um suburb or city or uh, anything they're like that? in albany I think. okay albany so albany is about six hours south of perth city okay and it's at the very southern tip of wa okay on the water southwest of australia yeah. cool all right well um thanks so much everyone and You'll see us on the next episode, hopefully with some more good content coming your way. And feel free to uh, like our stuff and post any questions that you'd like us to answer. Thanks so much, Emma and Brad. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys.